I'm Tiffany Norris, and you're listening to This is Richardson. This is a weekly podcast that tells the stories of the people and places of Richardson, Texas. Have you been to Communion Neighborhood Cooperative? Because of my admitted coffee addiction, I tend to think of it as a coffee shop, which it is. But it is so much more. A co-working space, restaurant, and event venue. And after talking with the communion owners, Tim and Amy Kale, I learned it's also a place with a mission to build community in Richardson. Tell me a little bit about your story, about communion's story, and just how it's developed. Because my husband and I were talking the last time we were here, it was not nearly the size that it is now. It, it seems like it's grown a lot pretty quickly. So tell me a little bit about how you guys got started. Yeah, things are evolving here. We have a construction background, and we've been married 11 years and uh, worked together in the past, moved to Richardson about six or seven years ago as we uh, had our first child. We now have four. And as we moved to Richardson, uh, I have old roots here. My grandmother has lived here um, for a long time. My dad went to RHS, so I've grown up coming to Richardson. But we also have several friends that live in the area, which is what drew us here. But when we moved here, we realized outside of maybe um, the schools or people's houses or parks uh, or maybe your church is really the only way that you connect or rub shoulders with other people that live in Richardson. And so um, occasionally restaurants, but we wanted to change that. And thought the easiest way to meet our neighbor effectively and build community is to create a coffee shop. And um, I don't know that we're, quote, the best at any of these things, but we tried to do whatever we could with excellence as much as we controlled that. And so we just kind of set on this path to gather Richardson in a place. And so communion, as we like to call it, is just a platform for expression. The community is here. The people are amazing. I just wanted a place to gather. And so that started with a coffee shop uh, concept and then got introduced to co-working along the way. thought those things go together, were complementary. And developed into a restaurant and um, during that process discovered this property in particular, which is an old automotive shop, as you may or may not know, but uh, we kind of re-envisioned or reimagined this uh, space and we're just trying to figure out all the ways we can use it to serve and just gather Richardson, in essence, communion. That's kind of the idea is that we just come here and connect. Yeah, I think early on um, with the construction background that took a lot of traveling to different sites and so we we're very interested in having something that we knew we could be five minutes from home and be done with work. And we also, in doing the co-working, thought, you know, there's probably a lot of people in this area who can work remote, and maybe not in their home, and would also like to be five minutes from home. I think in the work from home kind of era, we've seen a shift and people all of a sudden go, I don't really want to work at home and then be at home. I I don't ever see anybody. And so the co-working space gives people that outlet, the variety of memberships between the open desk, which you can come, you know, five days a week. You can come 24 hours a day in the dedicated area. And then we also have just an option to come maybe one or two days a month. And that gives people who want to either get started on a business or uh, have maybe a bigger team options to work close to where they live in this area. It's very dense in Richardson with people and people who want to start businesses. And so this gives them that option in co-working to be able to do that. And so, yeah, so you do have several different tiered options with the co-working space. You can come in and just have the open pass, is if I'm understanding it right, and then you can have your own dedicated space, I guess, for the people that want to get out of their house every day and kind of come to a eight to five sort of job, but maybe don't have that office. You know, There's five different 
ways to engage our co-working space. Okay. Um, the first that you mentioned is the open desk, which is more like a membership model. Um, you call it open pass, but we call it open desk where you come in, you find your spot in the open area. You work five days a week, 7 a.m. to 5.30. And then there's the next step up, which is the dedicated desk, which she alluded to is your individual spot where you can leave your monitors, you can leave your supplies, you have drawers, things like that. It's your spot, but it is open in nature. And the third one is our office suites, where it's obviously what it sounds like, more private. The other two is a virtual office. We have virtual members that need, they come here, they get mail here, they want somebody reliable that can field the mail, uh, or they don't want it to go to their home. You know, there's different business reasons that people use this for virtual. And the fifth, which has been one of our more fun discoveries for surrounding businesses, are the conference rooms. We rent out conference rooms to businesses for offsite visits, or we cater in those. And so they're kind of fun environments to to be in a different location, to maybe focus on one particular task or agenda. So those are kind of the big five levels of co-working mm-hmm. of how it's engaged. And the day pass. And then the day pass, sure. So six, excuse me. We want to be creative. We want we want people to come to community and engage with people. And through our co-working, that just gives people one more outlet of how they can hopefully accomplish something that may be a goal of theirs or like I said, starting a business. And so if we can be the platform, we can help you network, we can help you meet people, or just give you a space to feel creative in, that is something that we are very passionate about. And so now after the the office, I guess, co-working space part closes, it sounds like you guys also host events and private parties and gatherings and stuff like that. Um, what options are there for that space after those hours? Yeah, we do. Uh, the event component of our operation was something I think that came out of just pure demand. We were coffee, restaurant, co-working, and yeah, we'll probably do some events was kind of the mindset. Uh, within a month that we opened, we had over 50 requests. Some of them were, you know, hey, can we just use your space? But some of them were much more legitimate, like can we pay to use your space, which, you know, there's a balance between those two. We want to be charitable, but at the same time, we, you know, want to be profitable too. So that was developed out of demand. And that has uh, created kind of three different platforms, the public, private, or ticketed events. So private events are what it sounds like. So we shut down the co- the open desk co-working space at 530 every day and through the weekend. So every evening and Saturday and Sunday, we're, we're open for events as a venue. We also host events in our restaurant and the coffee shop as well. They can be rented out, but really focused on the venue component where they get the outdoor space, with putting green, ping pong, foosball, all that. The doors can open, things like that. But private events, we've done wedding receptions, weddings, we've had banquets, we've done high school dances, we've done fundraisers, um, we've done, I mean, the gamut of things, baby showers. Facebook awards. 30th like thirtieth party, I mean, all kinds of stuff. City events, uh, happy hours. We've been really creative. Any way that you can envision it, like, we're like, yeah, let's do it. Music is kind of one of the ticketed events, so we do various ticketed events. Music is one that we're doing every month. We've had four-course, five-course pairing dinners with a whiskey or a wine or a beer or um, various cocktails, things like that, that our chef creates a curated menu for that, or we bring in a chef. And I'm just trying to be creative on the various ways that we can do ticketed things. Uh, and then we do public events, which are probably some of our favorite. Uh, every Most every month we do what's called an artisan market, which local um, trades and crafts and people that live in, in and around Richardson get to come and set up kind of like a flea market or a farmer's market, but geared toward trades. So that's called our artisan market. It's the third Saturday of the month, typically. In the summer, we do a crawfish boil that supports Capernaum Young Life. We do Meet the Heroes, where kids dress up as superheroes and get to meet the EMT the police officers, fire department. Uh, It goes on and on. So as many ways as we creatively use the space for events, we try to just to gather the people of this community and get to know our neighbor. Again, all kind of draws back to that. 
we don't really place limits on how the space can be used. And so if somebody comes up with an idea after our wedding reception, we would love to have all of our out-of-town family in Sunday morning. And can you seat 50 people? Well, we can. And we can create a great morning with your family before everybody heads back and just allowing people to use this space to be with their family, be with their friends and connect. We've got people over Thanksgiving saying, hey, my house just can't accommodate all of our family. Can we come Thanksgiving Day and have Thanksgiving uh, as a private party? Well, yes, you know, we can be a part of that and we can serve your family and we're happy to do that. So we are as creative as our guests, you know, ask for a request and we'd love to see how we can accommodate that. And we've had requests for all sorts of things between bringing photo booths inside to all sorts of things for the market. So anyway, we're excited about serving the community and it gets we're starting to reach beyond just Richardson. And so that's a lot of fun, too. Yeah. And one of the things that just stands out, you know, walking around, I mean, is this space that we're in now, the um, recording studio. It looked like you guys have haircuts. Henry Mendoza, and he's an incredible talent and has been a super fun ad for us. And he is independent. We just kind of gave him the space. And he recently moved to Richardson from Dallas. And anyway, he's helping make Richardson really cool. Oh, nice. Helping make us cool. He's a neat guy. Yeah. yeah. Super talented. But he does cocktails with a cut as well, complimentary and music. And anyway, he's a special guy. I encourage people to meet him. He does family cuts too. Uh-huh. Um, kids. He'll do house calls. I mean, he's great for the Richardson community. Nice. And there's a kids play area out there too, right? Did I see? Yeah, there's turf along the side and families can use it in different ways. Uh, it used to be more focused on kids. We used to have a, a bus on the side that was really fun um, that has been relocated uh, as we've been through construction and development. But um, yeah, that's a fun family area. Yeah. I think you find that whenever these uh groups and uh, families like to come and book these bigger uh, meals. They love that we can open up the doors and the kids can be outside and play and they, everybody can see everybody. But I I get to watch adults sit down, which is great if you're thinking, hey, I just want to eat. But I'd love for my kid who's going to eat in about five minutes to be able to go and play and get some energy out. And I think one of our favorite days is when we do our Mother's Day brunch and you actually see moms get to sit down and their kids are having a good time. And so it's fun to accommodate uh, a little bit different style of gathering together through our venue. Uh, another event that I guess we didn't mention is our big uh, Valentine's party. So we've got some fun ones coming up. Very cool. Well, with so many different offerings from the coffee shop to the co-working space to, you know, the Mother's Day brunch, the family events, do you see any, I guess, commonalities among your guests or is it just a huge diversity of people that come in and use the space? So one of the things that we notice very quickly on is coffee is diverse. Um, and if you don't like coffee, we offer tea. And so <laughs> it's been fun to look at any point into the coffee shop and to see a lot of diversity. And that overflows into our uh, restaurant. And then that overflows into our venue space. When you have uh, a blogger mom that uh wants to have her whole network of blogger friends over. And that's so fun to get to watch a lot of diversity come in the space. And so there is a lot of diversity. And then the commonality among the diversity is that people want to connect. And it doesn't matter what your background is. People want to spend time face-to-face with other people. And even though technology continues to pull us apart and we're really more disconnected through uh, some of the the isolation that we can be in social media. We are 
tugging the other way and saying, hey, come and sit and let's see what we can accommodate. You need to do a birthday party or you just want to come on a great date night, you know, come here and use this platform and connect. So that's the commonality that I see the most. And it's extremely diverse among all of the different people and guests that we have here. I would just add that I think Richardson, like you said, is really diverse. Um, arguably one of the most diverse communities in Dallas-Fort Worth, maybe the state. Um, Chinatown and Middle Eastern community and the restaurants and the refugee population that's kind of um, on the fringe there as well and Hispanic population and um, Caucasian and just like really diverse in terms of these pockets. But as she said, coffee shops are a gathering place, a watering hole. And that's what we, from the very beginning, envision it to be is um, a place that any culture, any background comes in and they're family here. They're invited here. They're community here. And so that's what we've tried to preach and and, and live out in our service model and our offering. But that's our hope, you know, that Richardson would gather here undiscriminated against, un, you know, segregated, just kind of like, just come. Um, and if you live outside of Richardson and you come, you should be grateful. But we really want to be here for our, our community. And y'all have touched on it a little bit, but what is special to you about owning a business in Richardson specifically? What Or maybe what's um, unique about the city that you've seen as business owners here? Just in Anything that stands out about owning a business in Richardson? I think it's just really rewarding because the community is amazing and it is so underserved. So it's been easy to maybe kind of rise to the top, so to speak, because there's been kind of a a desert of thoughtful offerings, I would say. And so we've been really rewarded with that just by the nature of nothing's here. But the people are amazing. Like people are moving to Richardson for a good reason. The community is really solid. The schools are great. Um, and where you have just kind of solid communities, there's a desirability for, I call them quality people. And what I mean by that is people that want to raise their family in, in an intentional way and want to be invested in their neighbors and in kind of their surrounding. And that's kind of what I mean by that. And I think even from the mayor uh, all the way down through the, the city council and through all the administrative pieces of the city, I think we see that, that they're big proponents of drawing Richardson together and doing things in, in thoughtful and meaningful ways to connect people. And so I think the heart of Richardson is what drew us here and what is special about being a part of that. And we get to carve out our little part of that contribution. One thing that I am asking everybody to is, you know, what outside of your own business, what's your favorite Richardson spot or other business or restaurant or anything else? Yeah, there's there's a handful for us. Um Bangkok at Beltline is one of our closest neighbors that we really have built a relationship with, big fans of theirs. Lockwood Distillery just opened. Uh, they have been great neighbors, huge fans. Check them out. They've done great in the space, but I think they also care deeply for this area. And so I think you'll get a very similar experience as you walk into their doors as hopefully you walk into ours and um, big fans of them as well. Some of the others, like Sweet Firefly is a staple. It's a, it's a bit of a destination if you don't live in Canyon Creek, but those are really that's a really fun spot. And then um, I love Chinatown, like Jing Shi, like I'm done. I love that place. I would go there all the time, uh, as I'm sure the world often probably already knows. But that place is really special. Um, I concur on all of those. And then I would also add Alamo Draft House. I think is so nice if we're, yeah, yeah wanting to catch They're a movie great. with our kids, we know that we can go to a, a great place that's um, going to be a really good experience for watching a movie. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and they're they're an incredible gift to the community as well. They're they're thoughtful and intentional, especially in like crisis times or times in need. They've been among the most um, outspoken or uh, available to our community to kind of lend a hand, and that's been kind of inspiring to us, I think, too. And um, also Kevin over at Haystack Burgers hmm. as well. I'd like to recognize him. He's awesome. 
Well, out of your own coffee shop and restaurant, what are your favorites? What are the things that you always recommend that people try first or anything that stands out from the menu from either one of those? They do a great job of having features. So I think that's one of the first thing you do when you go in is what are your features if the um, staff member hasn't already told you. Um, my favorite is the burger and the vanilla latte. Um, I could probably eat the drink and eat those every day. A quick comment. You said they, not we. It is kind of we, but it's they from the perspective of like we just want to champion and empower the people that work with us and that we get to work with. So it is kind of a they. We try to get out of the way and just give our opinions. But um, our chef and our leadership in the coffee shop or restaurant is second to none. Like they're amazing and really talented. And so it is fun to just to turn them loose and let them use their gifts. So on that, I would say um, the biscuits and gravy is just like my jam. Uh, I love that thing. Uh, chorizo hash on the weekends is a favorite. Huge brunch fan. So, uh, but also like our burger is ridiculous. Uh, we have kind of one style. We do a brunch burger on the weekends. But I have developed. Um, I used to not drink black coffee. I always drink like cappuccinos, things like that. But I love our pour overs. Uh, it's just a really pure like coffee experience. Like it's delicious. So. That's and, my favorite as well. The pour over. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to drink black coffee. I like, you know, a latte here and there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that pour over is amazing. <laughs> well, it rotates to this. One thing I think is no, worthy of note is Tim Cox, one of our coffee partner, um, has developed a program that's a rotation. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. But we do a coffee rotation. We don't have an exclusive roaster. Every quarter we bring in three new roasters. One is regional. So Dallas, Fort Worth and North Texas. One is kind of the greater area, greater Texas, Oklahoma. And then one is national. So we'll always have one kind of from each bucket. And then we rotate each quarter. But even within that, on our program, they spend one month on espresso, one month on pour over, one month on drip. So you get to taste the same coffee three different ways. And it really kind of develops an experience of like, hey, what do I really like? Do I like that better on this or that method or this type of coffee or that type of roaster? But it's a neat way to introduce the narrative of other roasters and kind of what they're up to from all over and introduce that to our community in a special way. Um, And so even though you may get one pour over, like it changes pretty routinely. But um, our staff is pretty well trained, thanks to Tim, and it's hard to encounter a bad cup here, in my opinion. But if you do, we'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, and what's also nice is we carry all of those roasters um, retail. And so if you have uh, a cup that you particularly like, I want to make this at home, on our shelves is that same roaster, and you can take some home with you. So it is nice to be able to, you know, hopefully recreate the experience at home as well. Um, with the business shout outs, I want to go back and say it's not open yet, but uh, VH uh, Richardson will be opening soon. And that's one of our partners as well here is Victor Hugo. And so he's going to move uh, his location up here to Richardson, which is going to be great. But he also helps us out in developing our, our food program in the restaurant. Another partner with us, yeah. Yep. Southwest corner of Beltline 75 is where that'll be. Mm, nice. So I'm going to back up just one more thing. The meatballs and the poutine, uh, <laughs> if you miss those, then you miss maybe who we are. I don't know. Maybe that's too strong, but they're delicious. <laughs> Huge fan. Yep. Nice. Well, what is next for, for you guys and for communion? What I know that you've you've grown, you've expanded a lot. You, you seem very open to new ideas. You know, I... Th- we have a desire to grow. We have a desire to expand and have multiple locations. And if we don't ever do that, that's okay. We're perfectly content with where we are. And so while we do have ambition, we also kind of pulling into making sure that this one is successful and sustainable. We've been really thankful for our traffic and what's happened here, but we don't want to move on too quickly. And we've been approached by various parties like, hey, bring that over here, or we like what you're doing. Have you thought about this? And so that's not an uncommon conversation that we have with people walk through our doors, which is 
I mean, it's a great compliment. If nothing else, it's a great compliment. And so we want to expand um, when we're when we think we're ready and we have a desire to do that. So I don't know if it'll be in the next few months or the next few years, um, kind of praying and wrestling through the Lord's timing and kind of what that means for our, us as a company to not undermine what we're doing here. But hopefully when we do, we want to put it in other communities and maybe kind of do this hub and spoke model where we have kind of a, a downtown or inner Dallas anchor. It's maybe a, a larger operation and then have several of them out in other communities as we really view ourselves as like a neighborhood suburban model. Um, just kind of digging into wherever there's a community of people that want to gather and we get to help facilitate that. So that, kind of a not direct answer, but like we don't know yet, honestly. Yeah, I think every day we strive to continue to refine the brand of communion, which is you know, a place to eat, a place to work, and then a place to play, uh, have your event here. And so that is really can go anywhere. It can be in any city that people want to do those things. And it's important for us to make sure when and if we expand that that uniqueness continues wherever we go. And so there's a certain level of elements that have to fall into place for us to do that. And so in the meantime, as a construction background that we have, we're never done. So it's exciting to always see what we can come up with next or what ideas. And a lot of it's driven by suggestions. We get suggestions from our coworkers, from people in the restaurant. And that is a lot of where our dreaming starts. So just as we saw that this could be something really great here in an old auto garage, we see the potential to happen in other places and the timing will just uh, line up where it does. I'll say one more thing on the expansion thought process for us is partially driven by location, but more driven by the people that might partner with us. And so whether that's financial partners or leadership of the team there, um, I think that is much more of an attractive motivator of going into a potential community because our desire is not to muscle our way into, into anywhere, but rather just kind of show up open-handed and palms up and just say, how can we serve this place? How can we be an advocate and an asset to this community? And ultimately, our heart is that when people think of a communion, they think of a local experience. So in a sense, if we scale, if we go multiple locations, they think, you know, communion, if I go there, I'm going to get a local experience, which is one of our favorite things to do when we go to a community is find that local dive or build that local relationship. And that's where relationship exchange happens and memories are made more so than just uh, a pure destination that was a really good meal. I think we're all made for relationship. And so we really want to lean heavily on you know, if somebody comes and says, hey, I want to I start one of these, well, how can we partner together is a much more natural conversation than what is on paper the best demographic for us to go into. So that'll probably inform more about what's next for us or the people as opposed to just, you know, numbers and data. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, that's all I had. Is there anything that I've overlooked or anything else y'all want to say? Well, we really appreciate the opportunity to get to share our story. We have loved being a part of Richardson and we're going to continue to work hard every day to refine what we have and make it serve the community as best we can. Yeah. And I would just add to what you said a minute ago is that we do cherish feedback. Some of that's critical. Some of it's over, you know, different platforms, Yelp or Google or whatever. And some of those are hard to hear sometimes, but our desire is to serve this community and we want to be successful only to be a better advocate for this place and a better asset to people that live here. And so if there's feedback, like we love to hear that. Come tell us in person, feel free to share it however you want, but we want to hear from you. We want to hear ways and ideas and ways that we can use the space. I just got off a call before this meeting on somebody wanting to have a concert series here. You know, there's just different people that'll call and say, hey, can we use, or what do you think about this? 
said, would you want to partner? And the answer is always initially, like, yes, like, let's talk. Because we want to be creative and not encumbered by just old ideas. We want to be fresh and new. And so we'd love to hear critical feedbacks, new ideas on ways that we can use the space. We're here to serve this place. We actually recorded this interview with Tim and Amy Kale in the studio on site at Communion, which is yet another service offered there. It's perfect for podcasting. If you try it out or use any of their other services, we would love to hear about it. We'll link to their website in the show notes, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or at thisisrichardson.com. And hey, we would love to tell as many of your stories as we possibly can. If you want to talk about your business or your individual Richardson experience, just reach out to us again at thisisrichardson.com. Thanks, as always, for listening. This is Richardson is part of the On The Go FM network.